Thank you for joining us on another season of Beyond Clean, a live podcast where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. Beyond Clean is a podcast that is broadcast out of our studios inside Gym Supply in Orlando, Florida. We're always looking for guests at Beyond Clean, so reach out to me, your host, David Thompson, at dthompson at academyofcleaning.com, or call us at 888-999-6059. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, let's get started with today's guest on Beyond Clean. Folks, this is Dave Thompson. I am the director of the Academy of Cleaning Excellence and also the host of our show, Beyond Clean with Ace. You have a treat for you today. If you've been listening to us in the past, you know we have been, well, we recorded season four. Today is season five, and this is the first show of our new year. And as things would go, Sean DeVore was with us well, I think almost every month last year, I'd have to have to find out. I have to go back and check, but I believe almost every month, if not the first one. So, Sean, if everything works right, technology still with us, you should be there. Yes, I'm here. Good morning, Dave, and Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, too. I am so glad that both of us have made it through the year. Um, you know, for some folks, Sean, last year was a challenge. For me, I can't tell you that I've ever had a year that was more up and down than last year. I can agree with you. I had a strong beginning to last year in 2020 up through uh, probably May. And then I started seeing a downturn or a flat, flat line in my business. And, and then a steep drop-off in business uh, October, November, December. Really? And yeah. So I ended up uh, roughly about a million dollars under where my budget was for this year. So it was not a good year for me as far as numbers go. You know, I was taking a look here. Um, since uh, Sean DeVore is with uh, Mannington uh, Mills, uh, for those of you that uh, haven't been with us before, and uh, usually with Sean, we talk about flooring of different types. And so kind of before we got into this this morning, I kind of was thinking a look, Sean. And uh, they were talking about the global market for luxury vinyl flooring and forecast from the manufacturer's viewpoints for, for next year. And, um, you know, now I, I think from what they said in this report that they look at the two different types of flexible or rigid type of floors. And they're saying that COVID last year had an impact on the market because of raw materials. Not something I would have thought about. Uh, is that something that you experienced there at Mannington? Actually, no, we didn't have any raw material issues. Most of our product is manufactured here in the United States. So a lot of the Asian delays that were in the industry with my competitors, we did not experience that. Uh, we, we do have, I don't know what the percentage is, it's probably less than 2% of our products are made in Asia. And we, and some of those products had some delays to them, but nothing that was outlandish. We're, Bannington does a really good job of managing uh, our 
proposed inventory that we're going to need based on forecasting from the salespeople. It's not a perfect science, uh, but it, it worked out for us last year. We really didn't have a lot of, as far as raw material goes, that didn't bother me at all last year. So what did you see was the reason for the flat and then the downturn? Well, the big thing was it was definitely related to COVID because we had in the corporate side of the business, you had people who were just staying home and the buildings weren't occupied. Okay. And building managers are not going to do replacement work on tenant spaces if there's nobody in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had the school business, like secondary education, the housing market, as far as dorms and on, on-campus housing, those are basically A plus B equals C. So you bring a student in, they live in the apartment, they pay rent, and that gives income to the, to the school. Well, you didn't have, for the middle part of the year, you didn't have any students at colleges that were paying rent. And there was a big you know, holdup on that. So the, all projects that I had with secondary education were immediately put on hold. I even saw projects at some major universities that had ordered materials, like for an HVAC project, for instance. They had all the air conditioners and the vents, pipes, and all the material on campus, and they stopped the project because they didn't want to pay for the labor because they didn't know what their outcome was going to be for the end of the year. So, right. And I've been told that most of those secondary education jobs, they're they have no budget to do any renovations this year in 2021. So it's going to roll over into 2021 for secondary education in, on the housing side. So we're into 21 now. It's January. And, um, you know, hey, like every person that's in the sales game, like you are, uh, you've got to forecast what you're, you're doing for the year. That's got to be a challenge this year then. Yeah, I definitely had to look for new places to get business. I mean, my mark, my my budget's not going down any. I mean, they they were kind to us as far as budgets go by not doing any increases, but I'm flatline budget over last year. So in essence, I'm a million. If I was a million dollars behind this year, I've got to make up that million again this year. Uh, maybe possibly a little bit more than that in order to meet budget. So it's even going to make for a doubly challenging year then. Yeah, most definitely. So it looks like healthcare is going to be the strong area of business for whatever reason. Uh, I'm not sure why healthcare is going to be increasing, but there's several new hospitals being built on the East coast of Florida, as well as uh, one over towards Pensacola. Um, there's a lot of renovations being done, towers being built. There's a lot of healthcare business. And, I, you know, these these projects were on the books six years ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, seven years ago. But they are still coming to fruition. And I think there's been an influx of money into the healthcare business due to COVID. So that's, that's probably where some of it's going to be. The corporate market is basically just dead. So any, any of my competitors that were based only in corporate markets that were, do not have a presence in healthcare are going to suffer greatly this year. Oh, okay. So, you know, just like anybody else in the sales game, um, diversification is the, is the name here. 
Most definitely. So if you're looking at the market, you're you're going to be heavily uh, pushed towards healthcare and senior living and primary education. Those are going to be my pushes for this year. And then my secondary will be uh, the colleges and universities and junior colleges. What typically happens if there's a downturn in the economy is people go back to school, which automatically generates work in the junior college or the VOTEC industry, but that hasn't happened here. So we haven't had a large percentage of people going back to college or going back to school. And the economy during a downturn is due to people, you know, small businesses closing and different things like that that are kind of odd. And I think we're, we're going to have to see how this all turns out in, the, in the, this upcoming year. Because a lot of those businesses, the small businesses um, that are suffering, uh, are going to go out of business, and then there's going to be real estate open. And is that going to be for new people to come in? Is that going to change the small towns? What what's going to happen? Because those are all the big corporations right now are reaping the benefits. Amazon and uh, Walmart.com, people that can survive this kind of, or companies that can survive this kind of. Thing where well, there's nobody going out to shop. Well, you're 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 correct. I think that's it. Uh, the more that we do not move around, the more that we stay in isolation, um, the the less the people need what you and even I uh, uh, give out there. Um, you know what we provide, and uh, for you know by and large, a lot of what. Uh, business runs on small business runs on is interaction between people. And when you remove that, uh, that goes down. Now, of course we think we've got the vaccine. Now uh, we've got, uh, um, you know, new people coming into office here in the next 30 days. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that's going to have any effect or. Uh I don't know. I I was talking to an investment guy that I know the other day and, and uh, you know, when the, when the stock market falls, people tend to buy. And when the stock market goes up, people tend to sell. So the market, if you've watched, it's been in a growth mode, even through all through all of this has gained quite a bit. If you've looked at your 401k or looked, if you do work with stocks, you see that the stock market's been definitely going up. I think tomorrow will be a, a an indi- I think tomorrow will be an indication. Tomorrow and the week after will probably be an indication of how what might happen after the new administration takes over, because the election in um, Georgia is really pivotal uh, pivotal on you know the two party system and what's going to happen if the Democrats take over versus Republicans. I think in the big big scheme of things, I looked at my wife. I mean, my wife and I were talking the other day, and I'm. I'm like, you know, really, the, I don't really need the government for anything. I'm very fortunate. I, I have a job I'm somewhat successful at, and I really don't need government intervention in my life. I really don't need the government for anything other than to maintain the roads and, and provide, um, you know, those kinds of civil things that, that we depend on um, for our, in our tax base, ambulance service and, um, those things like then fire trucks and fire engines and fire firemen and city police and all those kinds of things is where I depend on the government to help me when I need it. 
Um, but there's a lot of people who do depend on the government, a certain percentage of our society. I think there's um, for over 45% of the population that doesn't even pay income tax. So is this going to affect all of our lives with a new administration, if that's the question you're asking? I don't really think so. I think that once the um, the the fox is out of the hen house, the current administration that we have, both sides don't like him. So once he's out, I think things will settle back and kind of go back to a, a normal that we all um, understand. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, that's my thoughts. <laughs> well, and, and that's right. What everybody can do, Sean, at this point is we just give our own thoughts because there's nobody that really does have a, a firm grip on it. Uh, you know, it's, it's our best guest uh, at this. Um, <clears throat> I was looking at this um, market deal. <clears throat> it says that they expect the global luxury vinyl tile market to witness about a 10% growth over the next five years. Expected to be about $32 billion in the U.S. Um, you know, I think we've talked about this several times last year about how luxury vinyl, tile, plank, sheet, good, whatever, uh, the, the vinyl market uh, is really taking over. Have you seen anything as to those numbers? I know at first we talked 35%, then we talked 45%. Did that change over the year? The LVT and hard surface market is definitely growing. There's new types of hard surface comes out, coming out. The luxury vinyl market is doing nothing but growing and taking market share. So. I, don't, I, I think that growth that you mentioned is smaller than what we've experienced over the past five years, but that's only because it's probably reaching, you know, um, fever pitch. I'm yeah, sure. I was going to say, it, it, it had to take over a lot, but now you're going to see that that right. curve is going to flatline a little bit, right? Right, because there's only so much square footage in right. the market that needs to be covered by floor in there's only so much square footage that can be covered out of that in LVT or some kind of hard surface because there's always going to be some carpet. Um, I, I continue to see growth in the market. I continue to see them using it in new places. I, I also, however, do see people pulling back and saying, oh, you know what? We probably not should have put LVT here. And, and, and why do you see Why are you seeing that? Because it was – we put, you know, hey, we put it down the corridor in, in a K through 12 school and it worked out great. Let's put it in classrooms. Oh, I forgot. We don't auto scrub the classrooms and we don't sweep those as often. The kids are coming in with sand and the floor is scratching mm -hmm. and we don't wax this. So we don't put finish on it. So what are we doing? We're damaging the floor. Maybe you were to go back to carpet in these, you know, elementary school classrooms. Or maybe we need to consider going with a lesser expensive LVT and putting finishing on it in the classroom so we can guard against the scratching from the chairs and the sand. So because so. we can't, because we're not willing to do what we need to to maintain it, let's just change what it is uh, because maintenance still needs to happen. So if the sand is causing the problem on the surface, just covering it with carpet isn't getting rid of the maintenance issue. Right. I, I talked to a, a convenience store chain a while back, 
and they were considering LVT. I've actually talked to two different convenience store chains and they're talking about, they want to use LVT because they believe that uh, they're currently using porcelain or ceramic. And it, if they have a, a pipe bust or they have some type of design change in the building that they want to remove flooring, the ceramic tile industry is pretty fickle about, you know, they'll have a product in a line for a year, a year and a half. Uh-huh. And then they either the raw material changes or right. something changes about it and it drops. So they can't get the same material in a consistent basis so they can keep that corporate look throughout all their stores. Right. So LVT is a little bit more consistent that way. So that's one reason. And then also LVT can be switched out really easily and quickly. You can go in and peel out a couple of planks. You know, if you move a display or something or add some planks and you got a pretty easy thing. So when I met with the first group, I was like, listen, you basically don't do maintenance right now. And he goes, oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> he goes, we have the person that comes in at, at you know, the, you know, we don't because these stores were open 24 hours. Right. And I said, um, so tell me how you do maintenance. Well, the person that we're usually light around 10 to 1130 in the morning. So we have the person who's on, on staff working behind the counter, she or he mops the, the area, you know, during that amount of time and takes, I said, that's your maintenance program is the person who's the cash cashier takes time to mop the floor while the store is light in traffic. And they're like, yeah. Well, I said, well, you can't do that with LVT. I said, you basically, what I would suggest just in my perfect world would, you need to purchase a, a truck that has, the ability to a van that has ability to carry an auto scrub machine, uh, some chemical, some different, all these kind of things we could design the truck and that you need to hire one person that goes to a store every night. So in the middle of the night at two o'clock in the morning, he's at store 15 and he's scrubbing that floor. And then he goes the next night, he goes to store 16 and store 17 store 18. And that's that guy's full time job is to clean the stores on a monthly basis. Oh, I don't, I don't, well, I don't know if we can't do that. We can't do that. I'm like, <laughs> I said, that's what you have to do to maintain it. I mean, how do you, you know, you can't depend on that person in the store who has to clean the coffee makers and take out the trash and check out people and to maintain that entire store. I mean, that just makes no sense. And so far I wouldn't, I wouldn't go down the path with them as far as putting LVT in a convenience store, because I don't think that's the right product for a convenience store, especially when they're telling me that's their maintenance program. Well, and I think what you're getting to here is, is that, you know, while we've seen this big push to go to LV, um, that now people are, are starting to say, hey, I've got to do different maintenance. And the biggest thing is that I teach in classes all the time here at the academy is, you know, just because you can't see it in carpet doesn't mean that the dirt isn't there and that it's not doing the same thing. It's just hidden until you pull the carpet up and throw it away. Um, but now with our indoor air quality, with people being more concerned about health things, do you think that mentality of not doing the maintenance is going to did it change in 20 and is it going to continue in 21 or are we going to go back to the way we always done it? Well, one of the things, one of your key points you've always made is, you know, um, what chemical are you using? How much of it are you using? And are you cleaning it off residue? So 
I think we we had a we talked about this earlier in, in the year of when we first started dealing with COVID, but the restaurants are definitely cleaner. The bathrooms in the restaurants are cleaner because in Florida we can, as you know, we can go to a restaurant. So, but they're cleaner. I was my wife and I ate out yesterday uh, afternoon, and I watched as a, a person, a family of two kids and a mom and dad, they left the restaurant and the. Um, lady came over there and she sprayed the whole booth down, which I thought was, it was soup. We had eaten sushi. So I thought it was interesting. She left the soy sauce bottles on the table and she just squirted them too. And everything right there. And I, I didn't eat any soy sauce because I didn't know. I, I don't know what she was squirting out of that bottle. But you know, the, the, um, the, the, everything's cleaner now. So I think there's more of an interest in maintenance. There's a lot of, maintenance salespeople selling chemicals and selling, I mean, they're going crazy. And you probably feel that in your business. You've probably seen some volume of material move. Um, I, I think that we may have a better opportunity to talk about maintenance uh, moving forward. And well, um, well, that changes the picture for you being the supplier of the, of the material. If we can move, the, the the needle just even a little bit more. Uh, and I think that's the kind of thing that, you know, I'm looking at this year. I think we saw such a drastic move last year. The needle went completely to the opposite side. I think this year you're going to find the needle coming back to somewhere uh, between where we were last year, but I don't think we're going to go back as a general public, as a general rule. And I mean, I'm, you know, hey, as you say this, Sean, I mean, Anybody listening today is probably going to go, oh, well, I know some place and they're not doing that. There's always going to be that. But I think right. generally from what you're saying, and I've experienced too this, this year, is that there's a willingness to accept that things have to be different. Where that's going to shake out in 21, we still don't know. No, we're um... – we definitely don't know where that's going to all break out. I, I'd spend, I've always, the last probably four or five years of my career, I've spent talking about maintenance a lot. That's why you and I know each other better. But that that's the whole idea is to create that need for to talk about maintenance. Because if you've ever, when you talked about carpet versus LVT and what the schools are experiencing now, if you've ever been on a job site where they're pulling the carpet out of an elementary school, most of the time they have to have a shop back there, even if they are cutting the carpet in three foot sections or if it's uh, carpet tiles, even if it's carpet tiles. But if you they're pulling up six foot broad loom or 12 foot broad loom, they have to have a shop back there because when they roll it up, there's so much sand comes out. It comes out in buckets. Mm-hmm. It's down in the end of the floor. So with an LVT project, you're having to wipe it down, wipe the floor down, constantly dust it in order to keep that sand that's being walked in from from damaging the product. And and talking about that up front sometimes is a hard conversation to have. Now, I think what's interesting as you say that, um, you know, Jim Supply is a sponsor here for the Academy of Cleaning Excellence and our show here that, that uh, we're on today on Podbean Live. And... During the, I want to call it the COVID break. I don't know what else to say. Um, You know, you and I've talked about this. There's a lot less people in the offices. And as such, 
it was interesting to notice that management came in and had all of the carpet removed in all of the offices and luxury vinyl products were put down. I think there's actually three different types, but they were all plank. Um, put down in the in the hallway, uh, in the offices, uh, you know. Now those offices were kind of rearranged and now instead of one person being in an office, there's like two and three because they're not there all at the same time now. They're, mm -hmm. they're coming in at different times of the week, different times of the day. So, um, uh, you know, it's not one person has an office because they're there all day. And I think that's the environment that is changing for 21. I think you're going to see a lot more of that. So while, like you said, the facility isn't being used every day, uh, it's going to be somewhat less in a way, but somewhat more. So the maintenance plan, Interestingly enough, I don't know what the maintenance plan has been put to it. I've been kind of watching the floor. Um, and I have to on honestly say I'm seeing the mop streaks. Yeah. You know, which is what you and I talked about. And you just mentioned a minute ago. Um, anytime you see the mop streaks, you're going to see a film. There's a film of something left there. And that mm -hmm. film on your luxury vinyl is going to create a problem eventually. Yeah, it attracts soil. I, where that same restaurant that I was in yesterday, I, they have LVT in the restaurant. It's a nice restaurant. I mean, an upscale restaurant in Gainesville. And the floor was absolutely filthy. And I think some of that is from watching that waitress spray that booth. She's standing on top of the LVT, standing back, spraying it. And that's all going down on the floor. And that's sticky and got some kind of residual, you know, antimicrobial in it probably. So it's great. So the floor was absolutely filthy, needed to be scrubbed. And I'm sure they're just mopping it at night. So I think it's interesting as you say this, uh, and we're talking about this this morning, is that, you know, here at the academy, we've got, I don't know, probably nearly 40 courses now. And uh, our infection prevention course, um, uh, was the most accessed course last year. And right along with that, running a very close second, was the electrostatic application course. And, you know, in these courses, we, we talk a great deal about the application of chemicals, but also the, the need to rinse the residues off. And it continues to be the point of uh, contention I would say, because right. back to what you said a minute ago, people just don't want to do that last little step. You know, here at the academy, we we teach best practices to rinse. <clears throat> you know, like that that product you said that she sprayed onto the table and whatever. Uh, if you just keep doing that, there's a chemical buildup on that. Um, I don't care what the chemical is. Right. And I, I think that's the point that we've had a real challenge with getting people to understand you know folks uh, if you're listening to us in a recorded message here or live this, uh, this morning uh, you know we always talk about rinsing is the best practice and this is what you do with your dishes before you put them back into the cabinet before you eat your breakfast or lunch on them the next time unless you're using disposable paper which of course you don't force that um, 
but I think this is the the good thing about the industry as a whole, whether you're on your side, you know, as a supplier, you're still talking about maintenance because it's the challenge you have. Here I am on the worker's side, and it's still the challenge we have too, getting people to maintain things. That's correct. I I just never it's it's I guess it's just something that's not included in the budget. You know, it's just something that's not thought about as <laughs> two separate budgets. There's a, a school system that I'm that I've done a little business with, but very little over the years. And they their construction budget uh, has absolutely no correlation with their maintenance budget. So they their new construction that goes on, they do not care anything about i guess they care but they don't have it included in the numbers so if they build a new school they look at it at a square foot pricing including the you know the concrete outside on the sidewalks as well as the retention pond and the asphalt everything's included in the square foot budget of the price but there's no maintenance built in um where i've got a university that i deal with when they build a building they build the first year's 12 months worth of maintenance into the cost of the building as far as the upkeep of the building. If you have two separate budgets, those two shall never come together. The maintenance is always trying to catch up because construction is going in as cheap as it can possibly go in for, and then you're left with a product that doesn't perform, and maintenance is always trying to catch up. And I've tried to explain it to the people that I talk to at the school district, and they're like, it's always been that way. It's never going to change. Well, this is one of the reasons we have our courses that we do. And I will have to say, folks, uh, we saw in 20 a great influx of people uh, coming to the academy, getting professional development, learning uh, the whys behind the cleaning, both of, of uh, the hard floors we're talking about this morning, plus infection prevention and all the rest of it. Um, I think what we've seen here at the Academy is that there's been the interest to learn, but there was also the time to learn. And of course, that's always the thing that they've always said, uh, but back to you and the maintenance thing, uh, people say they just don't have time. And it's because, as you just said now, they don't budget that time uh, and they don't, you know, it's, it's an appreciation that, that, you know, they're looking for something that will maintain itself and that just doesn't happen if you use it. Right. There's nothing that, ha you know, that you use that you don't have to maintain, whether it be a firearm or a, the, you know, the shirt that you wear on your back. If you use it, you have to wash it. Oh, you mean I'm supposed to wash my shirt more than once a week? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, um, you know, I, there's we we this year, Sean, with your help, you know, designed the luxury vinyl floor class uh, here for the academy. We've got our our uh, branded products now in. Um, just to kind of update you, because I haven't done it, uh, you know, you provided and helped us get some product for our new store over in Tampa. You know, there at Jim Supply. Mm -hmm. um, didn't quite get the schedule together in uh, December, but tomorrow we start removing uh, the carpet tiles and the VCT that is on the floor currently 
And then, of course, as you instructed, we're going to uh, then have the contractor level it out. We've got mm -hmm. all of the vinyl there. We've got uh, some ceramic. We've got some VCT so we can put down the different areas for the classes. So, hey, I just wanted to kind of update you. We, we're not there yet, but we'll have it here. Hopefully, by the end of January, we'll have all of those surfaces in and ready for classes in Tampa. Good. Have you been uh, – have you – Zero down on an installation company to put it in for you? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. We've got a guy okay, that uh, that lives right there uh, close at hand. I think that was our challenge was uh, finding somebody that, well, as you had said, and, and I, I appreciate your words of caution to us, is um, uh, the first guy that looked at it, he said, yeah, I could lay it. And then when I started showing him all the different ones and the tile and everything, he goes, I'm not so sure I have the experience to lay that like you're wanting. Right. Um, the next guy couldn't do it because uh, of travel, you know, too far right. away, you know, and, and, and stuff like that. So we've got somebody that's local right there close uh, within 10 minutes of the shop. Um, says he's done it. He's got, and the one thing that was interesting is he knows how to level, he says, and he's got a roller. He knows that you've got to roll the luxury vinyl out and roll it yes. flat, uh, a right. weighted roller. And a couple of the other people right. didn't know about the roller. Right. Uh, it's because it goes back to the same thing that you were stating earlier about maintenance, not having time. The guys that actually get on their knees and install flooring work by the piece. They're paid by the square foot. So they're not paid a salary. Most of them are not. There are some exceptions to that in the larger commercial houses that they they work for a salary and have insurance and all that. But for the most part, the guys you see trudging along with the van that are unloading material and stuff, they work by the piece. Uh -huh. So they, you know, they don't have time to go out to the company called Install out in Las Vegas and learn and spend two weeks out there how to learn how to, you know, uh, inlay sheet vinyl or do intricate cuts on LVT and put the bevel back on it and all those kinds of things like that. They don't have time to do that because they have to make money. And therefore the things that you experienced on your job, as far as in your job's not even technical. I mean, no, from no, what, no. you know, so the, those, those problems you experience are tenfold on a large project for a university that has a logo to put in. They have multiple patterns around columns and all that kind of stuff. I'm working on one in St. Augustine now that they have to work around the columns and installers asking me or the subcontractors asking me, Hey, can you, um, pre-cut these for me? Cause I can't do it on site and all these different things like that. The designs are getting more increased, but the guys don't know how to do it. Well, you know, and you, and as you said that I did take your advice and I went and dry fitted uh, the tiles because we've got one area has got tile, one area has got plank. And so the tiles, I went and dry fitted those all out there and then took a picture of it so that I can show them this mm -hmm. is exactly the way that we want it to look um, because this is a part of the whole thing. Right, right. Yeah, with the plank, it's not so hard because, you know, the planks are. Uh, but even with that, um, you know, I would look at some of the planks and you don't want to get all of the same look because even some of those planks, the looks will come out exactly the same. You don't want to get all those together in one area and all the, you know, because you kind of need to have that random look. 
Yeah, you're supposed to mix them up three to four boxes, pull from three to four boxes at a time. And and those are the those are the things you know. I think uh, Sean, you know, over my years of experience working with um, laying uh, porcelain, ceramic, and VCT, that I learned that from a, a gentleman from Europe there you know, that taught me those kind of basics. But you know what? There's a lot of people that, as you just said, haven't taken the time to learn, and that's what education's all about. It is what education's all about, and I try to encourage all the installers that that I meet. I don't always get to meet a lot of installers, but the ones I do meet, you know, um, I encourage them to get as much training as they possibly can or call me directly with any questions they have about the product. I had, I had a job go in in Gainesville. It was a rubber, rubber job. And the guy, all this particular installer had done for most of his career is put VCT down. Well, VCT mm-hmm. goes down with a pressure sensitive adhesive that you roll you roll the adhesive on or you trial it on and you go out and smoke a cigarette and allow it to flash. And when it flashes, you go back and, you know, put your VCT in it and you're good to go. Yeah, well, pretty much. He was installing rubber tile in a time-sensitive area that only the work could only be done at night in this area. It was a commercial kitchen in a, in a prison. And... So he went in there at night and the material, he couldn't get the glue to flash. He's like, it won't flash right. It's not acting right. So rather than read the bucket on the glue pail, <laughs> he goes out to his truck and gets some VCT glue and says, I know this will oh, flash. No. And he scraped all the other glue up uh-huh. and put it down with that. So a couple of days later, the lieutenant calls me and says, hey, Sean, can you come over here? Your tile's not sticking. It's all off over the there. It's not even, it's just laying there. Yeah. Because it's on t- the rubber. First of all, the rubber is not designed to work with VCT glue, so it's not going to stick to it anyway. No, they don't react it's together. Sensitive. They didn't, they didn't even roll it. So the ridges were all there. Right. And the, the rubber tiles were literally just laying on the floor in a wet, where the place where they wash with a water hose. So I had to go back and, and that had to be all torn up. We had to go in there another night and get another install and a, a guy to go in there that was experienced with the rubber tile. The subcontractor had hired someone who had no idea and didn't explain it to him ahead of time. Just loaded all the stuff on his van and said, go do this. And I think that's the problem that you've got into a lot of the LV that's out there, Sean, over the past 10 years is because it's been laid by somebody that didn't really know the differences and treat them all the same way. And, you know, that's the difference in our industry. You know, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say mom and pop because, you know, uh, a lot of our, our uh, world, our economy is driven by small business. So that's not what I'm trying to say here, folks. What I'm trying to say is if you're not getting professional education from a, 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 a professional reputable source, you're most likely going to be either creating your own problem or compounding one that you have, or as they always say, there's unintended consequences like what you just said that are going to come up. Uh, you know, daddy taught me a long time ago. It's uh, right. best to do the job right the first time because it's going to cost more the second time. Well, the what we're seeing in the commercial side of the business in the major markets for sure, Chicago, New York, L.A., those kinds of markets. But then in your secondary, what I call secondary major markets like a Jacksonville, 
Um, now even Tallahassee's grown. Um, some of the, the, you know, the Atlanta metro area, those areas like that, you're seeing corporations come in that are these flooring corporations that own multiple dealerships or associations of multiple dealerships across the country that uh, share information. They're either part of a program of um, dealers. There's a corporation called Starnet that there's a group of uh, larger, they have to be of a certain monetary size to be a part of Starnet, but they all share information and installation and they have an annual meeting. Uh, there's other groups that are owned. Uh, Berkshire Hathaway uh, owns a company called Spectra. And Spectra's got um, locations in most of the major markets now. And those people communicate with each other. They have more professional uh, installation program. Like they may have an installer in Orlando that is really good at sheet vinyl. Well, they, if they have a large job in Jacksonville, the Spectra dealership in Jacksonville can use that installer up here. Instead of, you know, he can he can travel within the Spectra group. So we're seeing that in the, the larger markets that's starting to happen. And the mom, the mom and pop, so to speak, those businesses are remaining residential um, and not doing commercial. That that division is completely almost disappeared where you have people doing commercial and residential. For all of you that have been listening to us this morning, this is our first episode of Beyond Clean with Ace. We've been talking with Sean DeVore with Mannington Mills uh, Commercial. Um, you might want to go back to last year and kind of listen to some of our recordings from 2020. Sean was gracious enough to come on the program with us last year and kind of be our flooring expert Sean, uh, we look forward to many more conversations this year. I'm sure you're game for another year of it. Most definitely. I enjoy this a lot. and um, I pass it on on my LinkedIn page. I, I try to market it as much as I can because it's an advantageous for me, for people that are part of the, that do business with me and, and also part of the business that hear us uh, out here and, and, and get our voice out there. Because the flooring industry really is, for many years was always kind of under the radar. When I, I remember 25 years ago when I told people I was a flooring salesperson, they're like, what? There's <laughs> actually people that do that. And uh, now it's a little more common, but for the, still for the most part, there's a lot, not a, it's not a large industry. Um, you know, for the, as far as like what I do, there's few of us, you know, so it's, it's, it's fun and I enjoy it and I, I like getting the information out there. So yeah, definitely. I want to be a part of it this year for sure. I also want to let everybody know that has been listening to us. Uh, we are sponsored by Jim supply where they've been improving lives with clean supplies since like 1930 or something like that. I even forget it's been quite some time about uh, 90 years or so. Uh, they're Florida based family owned four locations in central Florida and we're happy to be sponsored by them and here at the Academy you know what that gives me all of the ability to have all of the equipment tools of the trade in order to conduct our live classes so if you've been listening to us today and you're interested in some of our classes we do have remote learning as everybody has learned to do this past year we do that through zoom at the present time 
We do have live classes that we conduct at some of our locations. You heard us talk about Tampa. We have a, a main classroom here in Orlando. And um, of course, we have our online campus. So there's uh, self-service professional development. You know, Sean, I think it's interesting. You said uh, there's a few of you out there. You know, I was at a place and they asked me what I do. And I said, I'm an educator. And they said, for what? I said, for the cleaning industry. And they go, people do that? Yeah. <laughs> you mean you, we have to educate people to clean? Well, yeah, folks, that's right. And we're not, uh, there's not too many of us out here doing this. So please look to get your professional development through the Academy of Cleaning Excellence. Um, our web address is academyofcleaning.com. You can find all of our courses on the front page, all of the links to them, prices, when they're going to be happening, and uh, what we're talking about. You know, here at Beyond Clean with Ace, we have three words we talk about each and every show. You probably heard that today. We always talk about something that's healthy, positive, and proactive. We'll leave the negative stuff to somebody else to talk about. Uh, um, we're, we're very happy that people this past year have taken the time to learn and listen to our podcast over the last year. So season five is underway. The first recording of the season is under, well, I should say in the books. We'll have it out there here shortly. Sean, thanks for helping us uh, last year and being the first guest on the show this year. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for the invitation. Always enjoy it. Folks, this is a live show. Although we didn't have a, a caller today, we had some people that were watching. Uh, nobody wanted to talk and call in, so uh, we'll uh, call it a show for today. Sean, have a good month. We will talk to you on the first Monday of February. All right, Dave, take care of yourself. Call me if you need anything. Will do. Everybody have a good and safe day out there and stay well.